And if we don't help people to, to make that transition and to get equipped, then we're not setting them up for success. And I just, you know, for me, I think that that's, it's not good business practice. That's the first thing. But right. the second thing, it's terribly unfair. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. You know I'm going to say it. I am so grateful, honored that you have chosen to spend this time with me and us here on the podcast. I know you could be doing lots of other great things with your time, but you've chosen to dedicate this time to your leadership development and this podcast episode. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, today I'm excited to share with you another interview uh, with a great new friend that I have, uh, Stacy Ashley, going to be sharing with you a topic that I think is super important because I know a lot of us as leaders have dealt with this situation. In this episode, we're going to be talking, Stacy and I, we're going to be talking about this transition from team member to team leader. Uh, so you are a rock star on the team as a team member, as an individual contributor. And you have lots of, you know, great teammates, colleagues, maybe even friends inside of this team. And then now you are promoted to the leader of that team. And it really changes a lot of dynamics uh, between you and the other team members, you and maybe those that you uh, consider to be friends and so forth. And so it's a really tricky transition. I know I have dealt with that transition a number of times throughout my career. And I'm sure many of you all that are listening have uh, dealt with that transition. You're dealing with it right now, or you've dealt with it before, but Stacy and I, we're going to be talking about the best way to navigate that transition from team member to team leader. Uh, before we dive into the interview and I tell you a little bit more about Stacy, uh, let me take care of a few quick housekeeping items. Be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. I want to make sure that you never miss a single episode. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us in Stitcher. You can find us uh, at, at Amazon. You can find us in Google Play. Wherever you uh, consume podcast content, I'm almost positive you can find us there. So be sure you look up the Rookie Leaders Podcast there and be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Occasionally, I do release a uh, you know a bonus episode that is kind of off schedule. We normally release our um, our podcast episodes on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. But occasionally, I will release a bonus episode. And if you're not looking for that and you're not subscribed, you may miss those bonus episodes. So be sure you subscribe to the podcast and let your friends know about the podcast as well. I greatly appreciate that, and I'm blessed by you sharing the podcast with your friends, your coworkers, your family, anyone that you believe could could be a benefit from this leadership content. I greatly appreciate you sharing the podcast with them. And then also, again, let me mention our leadership calculator. You can head over to credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator 
free resource that we have available uh, for you there. A quick little quiz you'll take, and you will use that to measure, to calculate your leadership effectiveness. And then from that, you'll get a report from us customized to your responses in the the quiz, in, in the leadership calculator, to improve your leadership. So not only are we going to teach you how to measure your leadership, we're going to give you the the information, the content, the, the resources that you need to improve your leadership effectiveness as well. So be sure you check that out, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Now, before I jump into my interview with Stacy, let me tell you a little bit about Stacy. So uh, Stacy Ashley, uh, she works with leaders in large organizations uh, to create, uh, you know, even more leaders. Clearly, Stacy is a believer in the common statement that leaders don't create followers, leaders create other leaders. And so she's doing that even within large organizations. Uh, she's helping people who uh, uh, that not only lead uh, high-performance per teams, but also lead large transformation and, and large change within their team. And, and she's trying to help them to make uh, that those changes and those transformations even bigger. Uh, Ashley says, that, or I'm sorry, Stacy. I knew I was going to call her Ashley before this was over, but Stacy. Um, she says she's obsessed with the possibility and creating the opportunity for leaders to lead into that possibility. Uh, she has over 30 years of experience. She's helped uh, thousands to develop their leadership, their competence, their confidence, as well as their credibility. Two of those are within the leadership equation that you all have heard before, competence and credibility. Uh, Stacy is also the author of three number one Amazon best-selling books on leadership, and that includes her most recent book entitled "Show Up." And you'll find in the show notes for this podcast episode, you'll find links to uh, to Stacy's website as well as her LinkedIn profile, but also links to her book as well. So I encourage you to check that out, uh, RookieLeaders.com. This is ep episode number seventy. And you'll find the show notes in the show notes there. You'll find links to everything that Stacy is doing. Now, without further delay, let's get over to my interview with Stacy Ashley. Stacy, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I've been looking forward for so long to this conversation with you on a very, very important topic. But before we dive into that, I just want to welcome you and thank you so much for sharing your time with the Rookie Leaders. I am. I'm super excited to be here, Michael. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, I'm sure our audience already can tell from the accent that you're not from around here, right? I, you know, I don't leave Georgia. I don't leave the South United States and get the comment, you're not from around here, are you? But I, I know our listeners are going to are gonna notice right away that you're not from around here. So tell our audience members where you are right now. I'm I'm in Sydney in Australia. Um, originally from Perth, which is the other side of the country, but I but I've lived for a long time now in Sydney, which is um, super lucky. But yeah, on the other side of the world. Right, right. I know that before um, we hit the record button, we were talking about the time differences and uh, how I'd gotten confused about the calendar. And uh, you, you're actually joining joining us from the future. <laughs> 
right? It's uh, it's tomorrow that's right, that's right. where you are. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's um, so true, and it happens so much. You know, we, we're sure. because we're right right on the um, the forefront. We uh, we're often calling from the future. Exactly. Yes. 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 Well, the, the luxury of the internet and technology and so forth, we can still have this meeting. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday for you. It's Tuesday for me. But uh, we're still having this uh, recording, and I, and I'm thrilled to share this topic with our audience because I know it's a very very common scenario that we're going to be talking through with the audience today. I know it was my scenario as I kind of grew into the leadership role. Uh, And that scenario is that transition from I was once a member of the team and now I'm a leader of the team. Uh, And so where, you know, yesterday I was, you know, buddy, buddy with all of my teammates Today, I find myself as the leader of that team, and I'm so excited to share your insights on that transition because, again, I know it's a very, very common transition that many in our audience are going to be familiar with and, and maybe going through right now. Yeah, look, I agree. It's it's something that so many people face, and no one really helps you to do that because it, it's, it's different, and you do have to acknowledge the differences because otherwise you can find yourself in a little bit of a pickle sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I find that I think these leaders that, that transition in this way, I think you're, you're, you're right in that they feel unprepared, but probably also I think unsupported in that transition as well. I mean, I know here in the States, I see it all the time. You probably do there as well, but someone that as a team member, they're a really, really good team member, right? A, a salesman, right? Just a rock star salesman. And then he gets promoted into a leadership role. So now they're the sales manager and those that promoted him or in the company and as a whole, just kind of assume, well, he will perform equally good as a sales manager as he did as a salesperson. And that's not necessarily true. So I think those that make this transition, one, it's kind of a tricky transition to make. And two, I think many of us oftentimes feel unsupported uh, in in making that transition. I absolutely agree with you, Michael. I see this all the time. It's like you're a great IT analyst or you're a great finance, you know, um, accountant, you're a great salesperson, whatever it might be. And then you're so good. Of course, you deserve to be recognized. Absolutely. And so we're now going to promote you. But this lack of support, it's sort of like, I say. so on Friday, you were the salesperson. And on Monday, you're the sales manager. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody actually came and sprinkled you with fairy dust to make <laughs> you a, suddenly a manager over right. the weekend, you know. And um, and so I, I I see this all the time. There's There's this lack of let's equip this person, let's prepare this person, let's build out their leadership toolkit so they can take all that great stuff that they did before as a, you know, as a participant, a contributor in the team. But now let's add to that because let's be honest, they've got a bigger portfolio, their their perspective needs to change um, and, you know, they have, have more responsibility in terms of decision-making and, you know, managing work and flow and um, supporting the, the organisation's, you know, direction and, and um, you know, what they aspire to. And if we don't help people to, to make that transition and to get equipped, 
then we're not setting them up for success. And I just, you know, for me, I think that that's, it's not good business practice. That's the first thing. But the second thing, it's terribly unfair, Mm. you know, to throw someone in and just expect them to, you know, to do great things without actually giving them, you know, the floaties to get into the deep end of the pool. Right, right. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, I kind of feel like it's uh, setting a person up for failure, right? I mean, you're putting them in a role that they've probably never had before. They didn't have any kind of formal training or education in that, you know, in a a leadership role. Um, And if you're not providing that as as an organization, as a company, if you're not providing that, it feels, you know, you said it feels unfair. And I would say, yeah, I think you're you're pretty blatantly setting that person up for failure, right? But the good news is we're here today on this podcast episode. And, and for those leaders making that transition from member to, to leader that feels unsupported and uneducated in making this transition, luckily we have you today to uh, kind of <laughs> give us some insights on What's the best way to make that transition? So let me open it up there for you and say, what's the kind of the first things you think a a new leader should be doing when they've made this transition? Yeah, thank you. Um, and there's so much, and, and I guess a bit of background. Um, my first book is actually focused on exactly this. How do I go from being a member of a team to a leader of the team? Mm-hmm. And the reason I wrote it is because I actually work mostly these days with really senior leaders but the gaps in their toolkit are the ones that happened right at the beginning. And so even though, you know, they've done really well and they're high performing, it could be so much easier if they had got this leadership equipment earlier in their career. And so some of the things that we focus on um, and that new leaders should focus on are, are some of the real foundations, you know, like get really organized because your time is even more precious than it used to be before. So you need to make really clear decisions about what you focus on, what you pay attention to and where you put your energy and time, because you need to focus on the important stuff, not just on the, you know, the busyness, you know, so get really clear about that. I think that's one great thing to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. The second, of course, is, is to um, really, you know, understand your team, you know, know um, who's great at what, how to best use them so that you can really leverage that so that the kind of the, the, um, the output or the, the, the outcome of, of the team is actually greater than the individual contributions would be. Mm -hmm. So you really need to be getting insight into your people, learn them, understand them, listen to them, all of those kinds of things, because you have this responsibility now across the team, not just for yourself. Right. So you need to kind of, um, I guess, step, step back a little bit and look at the big picture. Um, and then another thing that I would say is super important, and actually many, many more senior leaders don't do this well, is that you need to do what I describe as onboarding your boss. So mm. you're, you're now... You know, you, you used to work for someone, you've now kind of been promoted into a into a, a leadership role or a more senior leadership role. And so you probably have a new boss. You need to have a really specific conversation with them where you set ex- expectations of each other mm-hmm. so that no one gets disappointed. You know, we don't want to make assumptions. We actually want to get really clear. How are we going to communicate? What are we going to communicate? What can you decide? What can I decide? Um, how often do you want me to update you on the important things? Um, you know, really, really simple stuff, but so important because if we don't get it right, that's where the problems start to, you know, bubble up in that 
I thought you were doing it. No, I thought you were doing it. Or you didn't keep me informed. Or I had this expectation and it didn't get met. And so now I'm feeling let down. So get, you know, get rid of all of that and actually set the expectations up front with your boss. Yeah, no, those are good, good, good steps, Stacey. I'd like to really kind of dive in on that first one because I know it's a, it's a, it's a tough spot for a new leader to be. And that is that, that kind of letting go of all of the doing, right? Um, because that's what got them here, right? I mean, they were to continue to use the the salesman analogy, right? They they were phenomenal as a salesman, right? They they were mm. they were doing a lot of sales revenue, and now that's the reason. That's the very reason they got promoted to now a sales manager, and it's it's hard to make that transition of, well, I used to hit these numbers, shouldn't I still be hitting those numbers? Um, and, mm. and, and, and the reality is I can't, right. I, I can't be the leader I need to be and continue to do the things that I've always done. So I'd love mm. to hear your insights on how to, how do I, how do I kind of make that transition? I've, I've got to turn loose of some of the responsibility here. I've got to trust yeah. some team members to, to now pick up mm. where, what I used to be doing. I've got to, I've got to develop some trust for my team members and delegate appropriate. So there's a lot in that. So I'd, I'd like for you to unpack that a little bit for us and in, in ways of letting go of the doing. Yeah, great. It's, 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 you're so right. You know, they were the expert, but actually, you know what, they have to let go enough so someone else can be the expert because they've got a new job, which is to be the leader. Mm-hmm. My dad used to say this, um, he had a military background and he used to say, just because, you know, you're the best regimental sergeant major who's the guy who, you know, runs the parade ground and everything. Right. Um, if you're the general, your job is to be the general, not not just because you're the best at that other thing. That's not your job anymore. So I think the first thing is we have to get really clear, like, what is our new job? What are we responsible for? And that might be challenging because we were really good at the other stuff, you know, the yeah. selling or whatever we were doing. Um, and so the, the first thing is actually to get really clear with yourself about what your new role is and what's the measure of success. Because mm-hmm. the measure of success is no longer, you know, for example, the the sales revenue, because that's somebody else's job now. That's your team's job. Right. So I think getting clarity for yourself is the first thing. And, um, and the other thing is that you still have this incredible um, role that you can play with your team to help them achieve the sales revenue. You know, so mm-hmm. your role is to help them to learn, to pass on your incredible knowledge and expertise. So you mentor them and share your stories and your wisdom and you guide them. And then once they've got that knowledge, then you coach them. So that's about, you know, helping them to pick up the accountability, helping them to solve their own problems, helping them to, you know, to really develop um, ways of achieving the goals. And in doing that, you know, but kind of, kind of vicariously, but you are, you are achieving, you know, those sales um, targets, for example, mm-hmm. just not directly. So you have a bigger responsibility, a bigger, you know, role to play in actually helping all of your people accomplish that. So the first thing is get really clear about what your role is. Um, you know, you, you cannot, and come to terms with the fact that you cannot actually do everything. Your job isn't to do everything. Yeah. It's to enable your team to do everything. Um, and so your role really is to help to equip them and to um, and to set expectations of them about, you know, what their goals are and then help them 
help them reach them. Yeah. Um, but I think the the other thing is, of course, you've still got to play to your own strengths. So getting insight into what am I good at and, you know, what am I equipped to do and how do I use that in my new role? So you don't have to become a different person. Um, you do need to learn though and grow. And so how can you take the great skills and knowledge and, and strengths that you already have and apply them in a different way yeah. so that you, you know, you get success and your team gets success. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. And I, I, I totally agree that you as a, as a person, as an individual, you have to settle in on this change of identity, if you will. And, and I struggle to use those words cause I don't like it when people, tie their their identity so much to um to their work to their job but you're no longer the sales person now now you're the sales leader and and you really have to kind of flip that switch in your mind and say well my job is not the sales anymore my job is the leader and i think as you do that uh, you you use the word coach there and mentor there if you kind of put on the coach hat and and you see it as your role now, instead of generating sales, you see it as your role of coaching and mentoring your team members, then that will better enable you to trust your team members more, to delegate to them, uh, you know, a bit more easily. Uh, if you just adopt that attitude of I'm the coach, right? I'm, I'm the mentor, mm-hmm. I'm the person that's going to get these team members up to the numbers that I used to be. Uh, and the good news there is you have the skill set, right? You have the technical knowledge or whatever that is. You have the skill set. Now you just convert that into teacher mode versus doer mode. And when you adopt that teacher, or I'm sorry, that coach uh, kind of mentality, I think it so helps you with those other aspects, like I said, of trust and delegation and things like that. Yeah, again, totally agree with what you're saying there. I think, you know, one of the big challenges is delegating. And so I'll tell you a little story. I I was reading, uh, not reading, I was talking to um, one of my clients and they were telling a story about one of their um, newer leaders. And the story was the leader wasn't getting the results that they wanted from their team. They didn't feel like their team was accountable enough and they weren't, you know, taking on responsibility and delivering on their goals. And when we talked about what was actually going on, it was the way this person was delegating because they were taking really seriously, which is important, you know, their responsibility to meet the targets that the team had been set. Um, But the way they were delivering that to their team wasn't really, um, wasn't getting the best out of their team. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And so so what they were doing is they were kind of having these conversations with the team members about you must do this and you must do it this way. And, and, and it was very tell, tell, tell. Um, and when we do that, um, people don't tend to buy into that <laughs> very mm-hmm. strongly because they're just being told what to do. And a lot of, you know, people at work, you know, adults, um, don't want to be told what to do. They mm-hmm. want to be part of the conversation. And right. so what we talked about, I with myself with this senior leader was about how to actually help this newer leader get more equipment in the coaching and mentoring space so that they could actually have conversations with their people where they were saying, okay, so this is what we need to achieve. Mm-hmm. And so what, what are you now going to do to move towards that achievement? So inviting the person into the conversation by using really great questions to help them to identify what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, when they were going to do it. And that's building accountability because when they come up with all these 
I'm going to do this by this point in time, you know, to this level of quality or quantity or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Th- those ideas are their ideas. And if they're their ideas, they love them and right. they own them and, they, and they're and they going to follow through. And so I think the delegation is so important. And if you want to build trust and accountability and all of those great things and collaboration and, and that sort of thing in your team, you need to have a conversation rather than a one-way telling mm-hmm. process. And that will facilitate your delegation. It will facilitate building accountability. It will facilitate um, people actually volunteering information about where challenges or obstacles might be. So rather than keeping quiet, they actually come up. So now we can deal with them. Um, and so I think, you know, as a as a new leader, I think the other thing that that does is it really honours and pays respect to the experience that the rest of the team has got. Mm-hmm. And we have to really you know, be mindful that we do do that. We can't just, you know, go, well, I'm the boss now, so I'm going to tell everyone what to do and how to do it, you right. know? <laughs> yes, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and I love that. I teach the the exact same thing. I mean, uh, even though you may have the idea of the best solution to solve a problem, the worst thing that you as a leader can do is just go into the team and say, hey, here's the problem and here's the solution, let's go do it. Uh, instead, you've got to solicit from all of your team members what they believe to be the best solution to that problem. And lo and behold, one or two of them may have the exact same solution that you've thought of. But when you go about it in that manner, then now it's their idea. They're completely bought in and committed to going and doing that. Whereas if you just told them, well, here's the solution, let's go do it. uh, You may get a half-hearted effort from them at best. But when it's their idea, they're fully bought in and fully committed. And that's certainly the way uh, you want to be leading. Um, well, Stacy, I want to throw a scenario at you too, that, um, I'm confident our listeners are kind of thinking through, maybe they're even experiencing it, but they've, they're making, they've made this transition from member to leader. They've been promoted. It's been announced. They've maybe had their first few meetings, team meetings or, or whatever. And they've started to recognize one or two of the team members are, they're upset maybe at the fact that, that they were promoted to leader versus, you know, them. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe they're going as far as being, uh, belligerent in some way, but, but it's clear that you've got a team member that's upset about the fact you were promoted and not them. How would you Mm. advise that new leader to handle that situation when you have a team member like that? Yeah. It's a tricky situation because typically, I mean, this is my experience anyway, when people are kind of behaving in that way, it is because they're a bit hurt or a bit upset and, you know, distressed, you know, and they do think, oh, why wasn't it me? And why, why was it you? Um, so I think there's a, there's a couple of things going on. And, and as the new leader, we just need to be mindful of it. The first thing is you do need to address it. You can't just let it go because right. it will over time it will just likely deteriorate and that's just not a great situation for any anyone mm-hmm. um, and the second thing is it's not about you so don't take it personally right. you know so you don't need to get emotional and respond you, you need to respond as the, as the leader of the team and so what would the leader of the team do that they would work in a constructive way to try and find a way forward mm-hmm. through this um, and that just starts with having a what I think is a is a pretty open conversation. You know, yeah. and it's not about, 
telling the person off or anything like that, but it is about, you know, being upfront about, look, I've noticed this. I'd like to understand what's going on Mm -hmm. and how we can work together to find a way forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's simple. Yeah. You know, I love that Stacey and and I would totally agree. You can't just let it go. Right. Um, uh, Because that person's attitude, that team member's attitude, it's going to become contagious. Right. And it, and it can, uh, spread to other team members as well. And, and so, uh, it, it's much like, um, you know, just a team member that's underperforming, you know, in, in yeah. some, or, or some other negative behavior, you can't just ignore it, right? You have to go and address it. And I, I love what you're talking there about as well is that it's just a good conversation that you need to have with that person. And in those situations, I, I will oftentimes, bring in a lot of what I teach around conflict resolution and, and having difficult conversations, I will oftentimes teach it's, it's really good to out loud acknowledge the emotion that that person is probably having. Right. Uh, You know, when you're, when you're having a, uh, a conflict resolution discussion with someone, I, you know, I think it's appropriate to say, Hey, look, I, I know you're probably frustrated and angry right now at this situation. And because what you've done is you've just out loud acknowledged their, their emotions, their feelings, and that kind of takes the defensive walls down. Right. And mm. I think in a situation like this, you could, you know, you could mention them. Look, I know you, you're probably feeling a little disappointed that I was promoted to this leader role and, and not you, but I want you to know that as a team member, you're greatly valued and, you know, and but you're, yeah. you're out loud acknowledging those emotions, takes the defenses down, and now you can have that good conversation that, uh, that I think will be very valuable in turning that team member into an upset, hurt, maybe even belligerent team member to possibly being your best champion on, your, on the team for you. Yeah, and I would agree. I think... Um, Addressing it is so key, but yeah, acknowledge what's going on. You know, let's be honest. If we want to create a change, we need to acknowledge what's going on now. And and so, if there is that frustration and hurt and disappointment and and you know, almost feel for some people they will feel like you know they've been given a real blow. Like, why didn't I get it? Mm-hmm. But you know, as the leader, the new leader, even if you're really new. Um, you, you do need to step into your leadership. And if you need to get some help and support about how to frame the conversation and that sort of thing, absolutely do that. You know, talk to your human resources person or whoever mm-hmm. you've got that can help you with that or like a mentor or even your leader. Get You know, if you want some help to try and actually, you know, prepare for the conversation, I think that's always a really useful thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then I agree, you know, acknowledge what's going on. And then, but also I think what's really important with those kind of conversations is to be really clear about what is your intent. And the idea is, is that you need to go into the conversation with the positive intent. And the positive intent is going to be something around the kind of outcome you would like to see, you know, a constructive way forward that you want to make sure that this person, you know, um, can can be given the right level of support so that they can come out of their current, the way they're currently feeling and be a really great um, ongoing member of the team, you know, um, and that they can set themselves up for other future opportunities. You know, so whatever that positive intent is, I think it's really important that as the leader that you really go in 
to the conversation really settled in your positive intent because that will help you to really stay focused and supportive and, you know, it's about the future and where do we go from here and those sort of things rather than getting mixed up in the, you know, that emotion. We need to acknowledge the emotion but we don't want to get sucked right into the emotion. We want to create a positive sort of safe way forward. Right. I I totally agree with that and I like to kind of frame that part of the conversation up into – kind of in the format of the team needs you to do blank, right? You, you know, and yeah. I know you're talking about, you know, as a leader, what is your intent and so forth. And I, I think as a part of that conversation, it's really important to give that team member some something to do, right? Or some value, some next steps. Here's what the team needs you to do, right? For us to mm-hmm. be successful, we have to have you doing these things or that, um, and, and it's just really important because you've then just let that team member know they're very valuable to the team. And you've been really clear with the expectation of here's what the team, me as the leader, but also you, you know, the team as a whole needs from you. And it gives them that clarity. Yeah. I think that they really need to, to walk away from that discussion, being clear on expectations, knowing what they need to do for the team and uh, being yeah. a better team member for you. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, well Stace, you also mentioned earlier um, a scenario that, again, I know is, is very common to this transition of, of member to leader. And, and probably for the first time, this new leader is kind of is feeling caught in the middle. And, and what I mean by that is for the first time, they have people that report to them. Right. So so they have responsibilities there, but now they also have a boss. And you, you know, you talked about onboarding your boss, but it, it's, um, it, it's probably even bigger than that in that, like I said, for the first time, I'm now caught in the middle. How much attention do I give to my team? How much attention mm. do I give to my boss? Um, and how mm. do I set those expectations with both of those? And, and I know for the brand new leader, this is kind of the first time they're feeling that, right? They've been a rock star salesman. They've always had a boss, but that's one dimensional and now it's very two dimensional. So I'd like for you to elaborate a little bit more on this idea of how much attention on your team, how much attention upwards with your boss and that onboarding Mm. your boss a little bit more. Yeah, it's a good point. And, um, and I think that's, that's, you know, just that in itself, you know, having this, I've got to, I've got to have attention upwards, attention downwards, um, and probably sideways to, Mm -hmm. to peers now, because you've got to collaborate with them. Um, I think that's, that's one really great example of why you can't be the expert and do everything anymore, because you've now got all these other dimensions to focus on. Mm -hmm. So um, how do I, how do I do that? Well, I do need to recognize and, and make agreements with all those people about, you know, when do we meet and what do we talk about? Um, and that helps to create a, an expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we actually probably need to set some time in our calendar to do those things. So, you know, will you have one-on-one meetings with each of your d- new direct reports? Right. And how often will you do that? Will you do it weekly or, or fortnightly or monthly? And will you do it for 15 minutes or an hour or, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you do need to kind of figure out those things. What are you going to talk about? What's the actual purpose of, of that? Um, and then the same thing with your boss. Um, what are you going to talk about? How often, where, you know, how, um, depending on whether you're in the same office or different offices, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. Um, and as I said, equally with, 
your colleagues, because if you perhaps your team is part of a bigger group that, you know, that they, they do work in an integrated way. So you need to have coordination between those different teams. So maybe you need to actually um, have have occasional kind of conversations or, or more formal meetings, if you like, with some of your kind of peer colleagues who are also running teams. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, look. There's no there's no one size fits all because different industries, different team sizes, all of those things will come into it. But I think it is acknowledging that you do need to have time that you set, which is just about people connecting with those people that um, are important in terms of you, the role and how you and your team contribute, um, and recognizing that. It's a reasonable amount of time, you know. If you if you said to me, well, thirty percent of my week goes on those kind of meetings, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with that. It okay. might be fifty percent yep. of your week that goes on that, and then some other, you know, then you've got thinking time and and some working time and and those sorts of things. But I think to begin with, you probably put more time in because you're creating those relationships, you're setting them up for success, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing to begin with, and then you might be able to taper back a little bit you know, once things are set up. Um, So I think, you know, work with intensity on building the relationships, particularly in those early kind of weeks Uh and three months period. Um, And then from there you can start to look at, okay, can I just maybe drop, drop the amount of time down a little bit? Um, That's my sense. What do you think? No, no, I completely agree with you again. And I know that again, that, that first time leader that feels kind of caught in the middle uh, if if we're not careful in that situation, we will move to one of the two extremes, right? We will either really, really stay focused on our team and providing mm-hmm. the attention that our team needs and the coaching our team needs and the one-on-one meetings that our team needs. And before you know it, you've kind of created this isolation around your team such that your boss uh, and and to the point you were making, your peers can't seem to work with your team because you're so protecting them, right? Your your attention is all mm-hmm. on them, and and so it it gives you this sense of protectionism and isolationism of your team, or yeah, the other extreme, because now that you've been promoted as a leader, you probably have a new boss. And that new boss has exposed you to other leaders in the organization. You've got a new set of peers like you were just talking about. And so if I put too too much of my focus then on my new boss and those peers and all that, well, then now my team feels like they've been abandoned and they don't have a leader. Uh, And even Mm. worse, probably, I think the team starts to question your motives as a leader. They start Mm. to see your motives as a leader as selfish motives. All you care about is, you know, being with the bosses and being seen by them. And you're probably taking credit for all the good stuff the team is doing while you're there. So it's really easy as a brand new leader to get drawn into one of those two directions. When in reality, we've got to kind of stay right in the middle. And I completely agree with you that the calendar is the most obvious and logical tool to use to ensure that we're staying in the middle. And and that's yeah. just because it's so easy to put the meetings that are necessary on the calendar to make sure that I'm equally connected in all those directions that I need to be. Uh, I think that's the, the, the best tool to use initially. And I agree with you too, yeah. that over time, the amount of time necessary in all of those different meetings and all probably get, you, you get more efficient at it. 
you, you get the relationships built and you don't have to spend as much time on that. Uh, so yeah, completely agree. The calendar is the place in the, in the tool to make sure yeah. that you're grounded well right there in the middle. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing, I'll tell you a little story. Um, I, it was more in the middle of my, my leadership career, but I had moved into a new role and I'd taken on a really large team. Um, and so I thought, well, since it's brand new, it's a brand new part of the business. I haven't worked there before. I will go and sit, you know, with the team and with my direct reports and with all their direct reports, because I need to get to know everyone, you know, to, to really understand this, this new role and, and how I can help them. Mm-hmm. And um, after about, two months my new boss was like no that's that's no good you have to come and sit up on the general manager's floor with everyone else and I was like ah okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so I got you know taken up there and so all there is is just this big floor I mean I'm going back a little while you can tell okay um so um there's this big floor of you know people in offices um doing their doing their work and their teams are in other parts of the building and oh my gosh it was just so hard so I was super connected with you know my peers and my boss and his boss um but I felt so distanced from my team and so I just got this practice I was like I can't do this anymore and so what I would do is I would you know come in I do the morning meeting with my peers and my boss um, and then about morning tea time, it would change each day, but mm-hmm. often morning tea time or at the very end of the day before I went home, I would go down and I would walk the floor that my team was on just to connect with them so they could see me. They knew I was there. They knew that, you know, and I would say, hey, if you ever need to just pop up to my office because they, you know, feared going up to that floor. Right. So I think sometimes it's the little things you do yes. as well. So it doesn't always have to be the formal thing, but it's being um you know, being, being accessible, I think yeah. is what I'm trying to say, yep. Yep. you know, so that it's not just a one-way street of you always seeking them out, but of you creating a situation where people know they can come talk to you mm-hmm. or they can give you a call or whatever it is. And so just thinking about, you know, in, in keeping that balance, how do you keep the channels open mm-hmm. with yeah. whichever direction we're talking about, <laughs> whether it's yeah. sideways or upwards or downwards, how do you keep the channels open so people are comfortable yeah, to you. yeah, you know, I, I love that scenario, and and I have I've kind of been caught in similar situations, if you will. Uh, I, I've I've led teams where you know I was in the same building as most of the team, but then other members of the team, just for because of capacity's sake and all, they they were in a different building, and um, and obviously I've had to have one on one meetings with my own leadership and bosses, and I've always just kind of taken this approach of no matter who I'm meeting with, I'm going to go to them, right? So even though I might have an office and I could make those three direct reports walk over to my building and meet in my office, I'm not going to do that. Instead, mm. I'm going to reserve a room over in the in their building and I'm going to walk over there and and meet, you know, just, just across the hall from their desk in, in a conference room or something. So I've just always kind of taken that approach in order to to um, to let everyone know that I am accessible, as you were talking about. I've always taken the approach. I will go to them for the purpose of those meetings, wherever they are. Now, th- there are obvious physical limitations to that. Occasionally, I have to meet on Zoom or something like that just because mm. they're states away and not just, uh, you know, uh, feet away. So uh, I love that uh, that you know, just being accessible to them and not sitting in your office and they always have to come to you. Cause I, I know that gives a, a, a 
pretty sour perception in uh, in the minds of your team at, at times when that's mm. the case. Um, well, Stacy, is there? Uh, we've talked about a lot. You've shared a lot of great insights for that member that's turned into a leader now. But are there any aspects of that transition maybe that in our discussion we didn't talk about that you just feel like, man, it would be it'd be really important for rookie leaders to understand? You know, I think one of the keys to leadership at any level is being a great listener. And we, we haven't specifically, it goes with the coaching and the mentoring, but mm-hmm. I think being a great listener, because that's how you find out what you don't know. Yeah. And I think asking the, the question and then just having the space to listen and people feel they like to be listened to, mm-hmm. you know, they really mm-hmm. appreciate being listened to. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean you have to do what they said, but listening is a, such a powerful thing to, um, to create acknowledgement and that you're valuing your team and your peers and your boss. Yeah. Um, but also you learn a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's super valuable as a new leader. No, I totally agree with that. And I I know that we all, I struggle with it mightily, this idea of listening for the purpose of understanding and not listening for the purpose of responding, right? Oftentimes I will catch myself and I'm listening to just enough to formulate an answer and, and then I'm ready to fire away at that answer as opposed to really listening to understand. And I think that's a that's a crucial skill that should be developed really early. You know, I want to point out for our listeners something you said very early on in our conversation here. Uh, you mentioned that, that you um, today you, you're working with a lot of senior level, executive level leaders, but you recognize that some of the skill gap that they have in leadership goes all the way back to the beginning of their leadership. And I would just highlight that. I know you kind of said it in passing, but I would highlight that for our listeners, our young listeners, our rookie listeners, uh, rookie leaders here is that you want to fill these gaps now because when you get into the C-level, executive level leadership, those gaps are even bigger. Uh, And so uh, the listening, the onboarding your boss, the letting go of the doing, all these things that we've talked about, so important that you develop those skills here early so that they don't become really big gaps in your leadership when you get to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, to be honest, it's just going to make life easier. Get it, get it settled in, get it embedded now. And it's just going to make everything easier from here on in. And, um, you know, the, the idea that we can elevate leadership early mm-hmm. and then all the way through. Wow. How amazing is that? Right. That's of course, of course. Well, Stacy, again, I, I thank you so much for, for all your time you've shared here. I know our listeners have learned a lot about this transition. And again, it is such a common transition that all of our leaders are probably going through that. I know it's been incredibly value valuable to the listener. I know they're going to want to connect with you. They're going to try to, you know, find out well, who is this Stacy and where is she and what is she doing? So how can we find you and, and all that you're doing? Okay, great. Um, so a couple of simple, simple ways. I'm on LinkedIn, Stacy Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, my website is uh, stacyashley.com. Um, and of course my, all of my books are on Amazon. Okay, excellent, and I, and I will make sure that the the links to uh, to LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile, and your website and books, I will make sure that those are in the show notes as well. Uh, so again, 
Stacy, you, you've been such a valuable asset to us in in our rookie leaders. I really, really appreciate your time being here. I know that I, me and I know the listener as well. We're better leaders because we've spent a little time with you. So thank you so much for being with us. Oh, my great pleasure. Thank you, Michael. There you go, friend. My interview with Stacey Ashley. I know you are a better leader having listened to that episode. And if you're making that transition from team member to team leader, I know this episode has been invaluable to you. So Ashley uh, or Stacey, I knew I was going to do that again. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom uh, with us today. Uh, again, before I let you go, let me remind you about the Leadership Calculator, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Be sure you take advantage of that free resource to measure and improve your leadership effectiveness. And until I speak with you again next week, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.